Welcome to the Performance Nutrition Podcast, giving you the latest evidence-based research and cutting-edge insights for elite mental and physical performance. He's connecting you directly with the world's leading experts and coaches. Here's your host, Dr. Bugs. Hey, everyone. Season four of the Performance Nutrition Podcast, bringing you evidence-based insights from world-leading experts to take your nutrition game to the next level. Right, folks, it's August 2020. We're supposed to be competing in, of course, enjoying the Olympic Games in Tokyo, Japan. But, of course, due to the COVID situation, it's been pushed back to 2021. But I thought in the spirit of the Games, we could discuss a topic that actually doesn't get much coverage when we talk about athletic performance. And that's the connection between dental health, specifically the dental health of athletes, and the impacts on performance. There was actually a great paper back in uh, 2015, I believe, on the oral health and the impact on the performance of athletes participating in the London 2012 Olympic Games. Really fascinating study. I'll put the link in the show notes. And I think a great platform to highlight the growing concern in this area amongst athletes. And of course, a great platform to be talking today with Dr. Dominic Nischwitz from Germany, a biological dentist and naturopath, all about conventional and alternative strategies to help improve dental health, overall health, and of course, athletic performance. Uh, Dr. Dome's new book, It's All in Your Mouth, does a great job of making that connection between the health of our mouth, the oral health, and our overall health. And of course, in today's episode, he's going to share his insights on some topics such as Weston A. Price's influence on his nutrition philosophy, if athletes have higher incidences of cavities and dental issues and perhaps why, simple tips like how often should we really be brushing our teeth, as well as how can athletes maintain good oral health. He'll also talk about things like salivary production and flow rate and how that impacts not only dental health, but things like immunity, our overall health, and of course, much, much more. Really fascinating discussion here with Dr. Dome, whose book is a number one bestseller in Germany, so check that out as well. And of course, this episode is sponsored by my book, Peak. We've hit 13 months in a row as an Audible and Amazon number one bestseller. So again, big shout out to all the listeners. Thank you for the support. A recent review in the UK reads, Excellent roundup of the latest research in athletic performance science. Wide-ranging use of scientific research from leading sports institutes and field leaders across the globe. Lots of takeaways for the amateur sports person or trainer who wants to improve their performance. Thank you for the review there, Sean C. Appreciate all the reviews you guys are leaving on Amazon, Audible, and the like, so please keep those coming. And we are getting closer to the launch of the Peak Online course this fall, so if you'd like more insights uh, and to upskill your performance nutrition skills, then we're looking at a, a late October start. If you're a strength coach, nutritionist, practitioner out there who wants to upgrade their performance nutrition skills, again, earn some CE credits along the way, then you can sign up for the pre-sale list at athleteevolution.org. That's athleteevolution.org and be the first to hear when it drops. All right, let's do this. Season four, episode 14 with Dr. Dome. Enjoy. Dominic, thanks so much for taking the time today. Hey, Mark. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. Well, listen, I'm looking forward to diving into oral health here, the impacts on athletic performance and health, because I think it's an area that's uh, 
obviously a lot of people don't fully appreciate on first glance. But before we do that, maybe you can give folks a little bit of your, a more background on yourself and your journey to where you're at today. Sure, sure thing. So um, my name is Dr. Dom and I'm 37 years old. I'm a specialist in biological dentistry, so I'm trained as a dentist and a naturopathic doctor, functional medicine doctor at the same time. I basically got interested in performance and health optimization 20 years ago. I was very athletic as a kid trying to become a skateboard professional but I was always like kind of a little bit of sick and chronic tonsillitis, appendicitis, a lot of things that just threw me off and I didn't make it as a professional skater. So yeah, from there on I was just optimizing my health, studying and dentistry, but mainly was more focused on performance and athleticism for me personally, maybe also from a vanity standpoint or like, yeah, aesthetics. I wanted to become muscular jump higher for skateboarding, probably the same thing a lot of guys within the early 20s tried. <laughs> yeah, sounds familiar. Yeah. And yeah, so basically I got into contact with um, nutrition and supplements. Actually, while I was at civil service, when I was about, yeah, 20 years old, and I did all these things right parallel to university kind of. Of course, you have to study medicine in, in university as a dentist, and you learn all the things about biochemistry and while I was doing at the same time everything with nutrition and supplements, this kind of like worked, but I didn't know yet, just yet, that I will use this later on for my patients. So I just basically went to university because I had to do anything, anyways. I'm, nice. Yeah, I'm pretty skilled with my hands. My dad is actually a dentist too, but actually, I didn't want to become a dentist like for the first 20 years. Like I said, only wanted to become a professional athlete. And I thought maybe working just sucks because my dad was basically always at work. Mm -hmm. So I figured it out. But of course, I was good with my hands. And I just jumped right into university, started dentistry because I thought, okay, I'm good with aesthetics. I'm good with my hands. Let's just see. Didn't know that I had to study chemistry, biochemistry, and all these things. But because I was doing all these things parallel for me and my performance and just for optimizing my chronic problems, it kind of clicked, but it took me quite a while. And after graduating, actually, I still didn't know that dentistry would be the perfect thing because besides the high-tech craftsman, everything, uh, craftsmanship, something was just missing. And after university, I have to do assistancy at, at a doctor for about two years or residency, it's called. Mm -hmm. And I had the chance to work with a very skilled surgeon. I always wanted to become a surgeon. I don't know why, but this kind of seemed challenging to me to, yeah, just do surgeries, oral surgery. And he was doing amalgam fillings. And amalgam fillings are these nasty, ugly black fillings. And I told him straight away, sorry, dude, I cannot do amalgam fillings. I, I will go with the white ones, the ceramics, etc. And this, is, this was basically when everything clicked together because I had to tell him why I wanted to. I knew from my dad that um, amalgam is kind of um, toxic. In university, I only learned that it's it's an easy to work with material, will last forever, and only kids and pregnant women shouldn't use it. Mm -hmm. That was what the perspective from university. But I knew my dad wasn't using it for at least 20 years, and I just thought it's just ugly. So I looked it up. 
And initially on YouTube, I found Dr. Dietrich Klinger, Joachim Mutter, and very specialized functional medicine integrative medical doctors who were dealing with amalgam and heavy metal toxicity for the last 30 years. And it was basically supplements, nutrition, biochemistry. This is when everything that I learned for me personally for 10 years clicked. Absolutely. And that's terrific, Dom. And I, if we maybe start on the nutrition side of things, you know, we both share deep appreciation for the work of Weston A. Price, yes. renowned dentist, actually a Canadian dentist at that. Um, and his uh, you know, prominent work in the 1920s and 30s going around the world to various cultures and in examining the dental health of these indigenous populations who are very isolated. You know, you talk about this in your book. Could you share with listeners some of the observations that Price made and, and how that impacted you and your uh, philosophy and practice? Yeah, actually, I stumbled over Weston Price from a different point of view or a different topic because he's also well, very well known as the first, one of the first biological dentists. He, um, he, Back then, he was um, seeing problems with the root canals that just came up. And he actually did some epic studies. And he extracted, so he told all his patients with chronic problems, mm, I'm suspecting the root canal tooth. I don't know why, but maybe infectious. Just let it remove. And then he implanted these root canal treated teeth to under rabbit skin. He basically probably did this for 30 years with a huge team over probably two thousands or more um, cases where he just found out that the, that the rabbit would develop the same chronic diseases as the human donor of the root canal tooth with heart disease. It was hundred um, percent the same and about 80% of all other symptoms just transferred by transferring the root canal tooth from the mouth of the patient into these rabbits. This was, the one thing I stumbled across, because in biological dentistry, root canals are yeah, viewed differently, but you can go into this deeper. And of course, the other part was me personally being super interested in nutrition. And this guy, Dr. Weston Price, also, and if you see, 100 years ago, it was kind of a stretch to travel to indigenous people. Like he went from the US, probably with the ship, to Australia, and he and checked the Aborigines, he went to Africa and also to Switzerland and just he, he went to more rural uh, areas and mm -hmm. wanted to see in his book, it's called Nutrition and Physical Degeneration, he wanted to see how diet um, impacts oral health but also the whole body structure and posture and he was just checking for yeah, indigenous um, people that still would eat a more traditional diet and possibly their grandchildren were already eating like the industrial stuff like sugars, grains, refined products like maybe vegetable oils and you know, all the stuff that came up in the industrialized area. And what he found out was that like traditionally eaten diets would lead to perfect, healthy jaw, like very wide jaw lines, all teeth in line, no crowding problems, all wisdom teeth in line very wide space and big nostrils, no scoliosis, like super posture. But if they already got into contact with, let's say, sugar or wheat and processed food, they totally look deformed, kind of like Frankenstein. The teeth were coming out of their eyes, if you know what I mean. <laughs> For sure. But if you see the picture, this really looks crazy. So way more narrow, narrow faces, no place, no space for teeth. 
They're kind of the same problems we have in the Western countries, like in Germany or London, where you are in UK or US. Almost, I would say, at least 80% of all people get their wisdom teeth removed because of um, problems with no space. Yeah, it's amazing how these modern nutritional practices, it's a pretty profound impact when it's literally changing jaw structure and teeth alignment and things like that. And, you know, this really dovetails into how I like to anchor today's discussion, which is around, you know, your passion for performance and, of course, athletes and performance. And there was a great study done a few years ago around oral health and the impact of performance on athletes who were participating in the London Olympic Games in 2012, which is pretty fascinating. They looked at over 300 athletes from Africa, the Americas, Europe, and the results were pretty interesting. Um, I think you'll appreciate this. The high levels of poor oral health, including, I'll list a few off here for you, 55% of athletes had dental caries, 45% dental erosions, 76% gingivitis, more than 40% were bothered by their oral health, 28% actually reported that it impacted on their quality of life, and 18% actually reported, so nearly a fifth, that it impacted their training and performance. And so, you know, if we maybe start with dental caries, some of the things that I think about when it comes to fueling athletes is just the meal frequency, so having to fuel them so often, you know, five, six, seven, eight meals in a day, but also that sugar side that we talked about, the simple sugars, so, you know, what what are your thoughts on those things or maybe other potential areas that are causing those kind of issues in athletes? What are causing this? So, first of all, uh, like you already touched on, it's nutrition and it's not just the sugar, which is like the fairy tale that everybody listens to as a kid that these um, bacteria in your mouth will use the sugar and then um, drill holes in your teeth and you get cavities, it's a little bit more complicated, but of course, kind of like sugar is a big part because you know, ins recurrent insulin spikes, like glucose variability plays a big role. The whole saliva is depending on your whole nutritional side of you, like if you're lacking amino acids, proteins, and lots of minerals. So first of all, maybe if you have, if you could use the if you could do a top-down strategy, the most critical nutrient, in my opinion, for overall health and building is, of course, protein, amino acids. Same goes for teeth and for um, saliva. But for teeth, teeth are kind of like, you could imagine those as, yeah, big crystals, basically. They are hard as stone, hard as granite, actually. But teeth are as, um, yeah, they can feel things like a tiny hair. So it's a little, literally a crazy organ. Mm -hmm. and, these, and these teas grow from the inside, but all also get remineralized from the outside. So if you're having a lack of minerals, for example, and in terms of minerals, we know that vitamin D3 is pretty crucial to help you get minerals into your system and then transport or delegate them to teeth and bone. Um, vitamin D3 is a crucial part, which most of the people are lacking in my opinion and of course the, the the stuff you already probably test for your athletes and everybody should is the intracellular um, minerals like magnesium and zinc which play a, a big role and the saliva if it's depleted because you don't eat minerals because your diet is lacking of it um, of course you cannot remineralize teeth and basically the dentist coming from a reparation or maintenance, like a garage point of view, mm -hmm. like just the teeth are basically just for biting. 
they don't see teeth as organs, but every single tooth has a blood supply, has a lymph supply, an autonomic nervous system, even even a parasympathetic, it's connected to your vagal nerves. And you have to see that um, they are alive and you cannot just drill on them. So if I can, if I see a, a let's see an athlete, everybody with cavities, I always suspect or look further, why is this person having cavities? And initially, is this cavity even big? Because tiny cavities, like we call it initial cavities, you can totally remineralize, but then you have to look at the overall picture where again, the frame comes in and health starts in your mouth. But this is where the conventional dentist is just not trained. So the whole nutrition side of you, and I've developed a food design concept, which is basically, um, yeah, eat the stuff that builds your body, like what you can hunt, what you can find, what you can fish, like as natural as possible. Of course, we cut out all grains and sugars and highly refined omega-3s and, and you name it. So that we provide the body with his building blocks first so that not just the teeth can regenerate themselves, but also every other tissue. And, and Doc, that kind of leads me on a couple of questions around, you know, if we look at well, a couple of questions I get from athletes. One of them is around brushing their teeth. So you mentioned, um, obviously, sugar alone is not the, the whole story. But you know, if athletes are consuming five, six, seven, eight meals a day, if they're only brushing twice a day, is that sufficient? If they do have that level of nutrition, that's going to help to offset. Or would somebody consuming that much food need to be able to increase that type of uh, you know brushing? So, in my opinion, if the nutritional design or food design, how I would call it is accordingly so i i'm not i don't think that athletes probably eat six times just sugars and carbohydrates all the time so if your food let's let's assume your food is perfect in my opinion it's totally enough to brush once a day and maybe start with something like oil pulling tongue scraping in the morning and maybe brushing in the evening so i only brush once a day and it's totally fine so, but I have to add a but. My diet, my diet is in on in check. So I don't eat anything that causes this kind of fur on your teeth. You know what I mean? If I mm-hmm. if you coax a Coke, a Coca Cola, you know initially like two minutes later you have this tiny fur on your teeth. Or if you eat it, just a wheat bread or something. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I mean it's sort of the opposite of that experience when you do go to the dentist after you've had a cleaning. Your teeth just feel like they're completely smooth and you know maybe you remember if you eat something that's starchy within seconds you have this so-called biofilm on your teeth and it feels like sticky and a little bit um yeah not clean my teeth feel clean the whole day uh, the whole day because what i'm eating is what i'm supposed to eat so basically i time my macronutrients according to when i need them so basically what most people should do all if they do is like eating protein within every meal, it's at least what I would do, and healthy fats and train your body to become metabolic flexible so that you can actually work with the fats. And carbohydrates, I would probably time those. But of course, depending on your athletes, I don't know how you ex- how they all eat. If they, of course, drink sugary drinks all the time and like 400 grams of fizzy drinks then you probably need to brush a little more but basically if you eat a good diet and a nutritious diet 
then your body is able to rebalance like the pH and everything within 15, 20 minutes after a meal, um, the pH level will be restored because you don't have any too much fluctuation. So necessarily you don't need to brush all the time. But of course, if you only eat sugars and starchy carbohydrates, stuff that really sticks onto your teeth, you might need to brush two or three times a day. Yeah, I mean, that's good to know because obviously at the tip of the spear and some of the particularly in endurance sport and even in various professional sports, whether it's basketball or even football, they, you know, the, the demand of carbohydrate can be pretty high. So even if it's not from sugar, then a lot of the starchy carbohydrates will be in there. So good to know around the nuances there with, with, with that. And if we look at that 76% of athletes having gingivitis, now is that just an extension of what you talked about around dental caries or is there something else going on uh, with the gingivitis? Yeah, gingivitis is a, a chronic inflammation of your just of your gum tissue, <clears throat> and kind of like um, your gum tissue is outside body, like your skin or maybe your um, enterocytes in your in your intestines. So you want your your gum to be as healthy as possible. There shouldn't be any little bleeding, any gingivitis. So again, this it, there's multi multifactorial. Yes, we have to see. We, mm -hmm. To go from, like, if you have nothing dentally done, let's say you have the perfect teeth, you're just cleaning them, go to an oral hygienist twice a year, like all professional athletes should have. You don't have... <laughs> but don't, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, but if you have this, then your oral microbiome is not perfect. So we have a few anaerobics, a few aerobics, a few parasites maybe, some viruses, some fungi, but they're all... Um, in a nice environment without activating the immune system too much. But if you have ever seen a dentist and have some reparation work done, you might end up having a metal filling. Let's say, for example, an amalgam filling, which is containing 50% of mercury and is just highly toxic. Or you have a root canal treated tooth because you had a huge cavity, you had massive pain, and the doctor had to help you with the pain in, and just doing a root canal treatment to get, you, get rid of the pain and leave the tooth as a dead organ for biting. Or you have various other things in your mouth, like a titanium implant, different metals. You have, yeah, if you, if you look at it from, from the mechanical point of view, everything you put in your mouth, like we talk about, in this case, we talk about oral interference, like metals, root canals, these so-called cavitations, also just braces and stuff, will disrupt your microbiome and will lead to more inflammation due to, let's say, toxins that leach out of the metals because the saliva is the perfect electrolyte. Every metal in a watery solution will corrode. That's just basic physics, kind of like the the propeller of a of a motorboat underneath the water. You can you know how that looks like after mm -hmm. a few it's rusted. The same happens with metals in your mouth. So this is just one part. So you always have to take into account the toxicity of materials from a biological point of view, but also the immune system. And if you have any kind of chronic inflammation on your gum tissue, then it's mostly because your immune system is in a more, in a more aggressive mode, a little bit um, out of control. So your innate immune system will just um, use the macrophages and activates them through cytokines like TNF-alpha, interleukin 1, beta, IL-6, like these uh, pro-inflammatory cytokines, and then you will end up having 
um, gingivitis just maybe by having the wrong materials, but also again by having just stress, um, oxidative stress, lack of nutrients. So gingiva, just the, the gum tissue, it's collagen. You need vitamin C. There is this disease called scurvy. Scurvy was this fisherman's disease when they were mm-hmm. on and didn't have access to vitamin C. And it's really not a lot of vitamin C you need today. It's, I think it's only about, don't let me lie on this, but let's say 40 milligrams a day you need to prevent scurvy. So it's literally nothing, but still they had to less. So collagenases wouldn't work and they would just lose their teeth. And this initially starts with gingivitis. So it's more like an outside view, but gingivitis is the same as um, an inflammation in your enterocytes or leaky gut over time. Leaky, leaky gut is a well-known term. I'm 100% sure you know what that is. Mm-hmm. If you have gingivitis, it's, it's kind of like leaky gum already starting in your mouth because gum is outside body. If it gets to the bone, it's inside body. So you have the perfect... Niagara Falls then for all these oral microbiomes to go inside your tissue, in your periodontium, in your bone, and then it gets periodontitis or maybe um, like more anaerobic bacteria will lift it. They like it without uh, without oxygen, of course. And, and Doc, obviously with the multifactorial condition like that, it's, it's complex and there's a numerous root causes and some of which are going to take you know, more of a longer term plan to start to address, especially when they involve things like lifestyle. But if we, you know, with obviously three quarters of athletes struggling with that, is there a certain, you know, what are some simple or foundational pieces that would be great strategies for people to start with or athletes to start with to help to, to, to reverse that? Yeah. So if we start with just the focus on oral health, I would just start by removing every fluoride toothpaste and use a more natural one, maybe on a coconut base, and clean your teeth, let's say, for starters, twice a day, that's fine. Use something called oil pulling in the morning. You just use a, let's say, an extra virgin coconut oil. You can add some um, essential oils with it, like oregano, for example, and then just oil pull. That means you just take a tablespoon of this coconut oil and just swish it around in your mouth for five minutes at least, gently, and then spit it out. You could start with this every morning, and your oral microbiome, will profit. You have to see all these little tiny bacterias and microbes that live with you in your oral cavity are very, very important. They help your immune system, they help your digestion, but you want them them not in the dysbiosis, you want them like as healthy as possible. This would be an easy strategy. You could also add some Ayurvedic herbs or, and tongue scraping would be another good thing to do just from an oral perspective. I'm not a big fan of flossing, this actually depends, again, on if you had a lot of dental work done, if you had any metal restorations or any bigger restorations, you probably need to floss because otherwise food gets stuck. But from a more natural point of view, if, you, if everything is healthy, in nature you wouldn't use any flosses. You maybe would use a stick if something sticks in between, but normally the gum is in between your teeth. There is no hole in there, and most people are not perfectly trained to use flosses and they will just like smack smack it down in between the teeth and then always bleed you understand they bleed but what you do then is again leaky gum think of leaky gut you're opening the tissue for all the microbes so this would be just the oral easy tool twice a day um, brushing use a fluoride free um toothpaste do the oil pulling use coconut extra virgin coconut oil and maybe some 
essential oils, but the lifestyle that you um, talked about is actually uh, as important or even more important. And what we always do, you can look up the food design in the book and everything, but basically feed yourself as natural as possible and stay away from at least all the major inflammatory foods. Already mentioned them, but again, stay away, of course, from sugars, from, I would say, all grains, basically, at least the refined ones, and depends on your tolerance. Stay away from vegetable oils, like these highly um, refined omega-6 oils, for example, sunflower, flour, uh, safflower, you know what I mean? Like these Absolutely. The, the yellow, the plastic bottles with the yellow stuff in it, <laughs> yeah. ever, and it's it's saying refined or triple refined. That's extremely inflammatory, and of course, it's extremely inflammatory for all tissues, and of course, also for your gum tissue, your teeth, your tongue, for everything. Stay away from this, and I would also recommend staying away from dairy. It's also just it's of course a personal thing for me too, but I've seen so many patients struggling with dairy. In terms of immune system overactivation, so I had chronic tonsillitis. They actually wanted to pull out my tonsils when I was 16, and luckily they didn't do this um, because I found a naturopath who just told me you're allergic to milk. Just leave that away, and actually my tonsils are still in there. It's fine. But if you have any sort of like mucus overproduction and you have like maybe blocked ears or maybe you cannot breathe through your nose, kind of like these in low-grade inflammatory signs skip the dairy. So that would be the first easy things. And then we have a green and a red chart. So the macronutrients in the soup, and we call it superfoods. Red is basically avoid the food intolerances and, and food toxins. And there are some, of course, a lot of alternatives. And green chart is superfoods, and it's designed in macronutrients, protein, healthy fats, healthy carbohydrates, vegetables, and fruit. And then you can time those. That's what I call macronutrient timing or micronutrient tuning. So at least get your protein intake. And I would say I'm according with you on this. And I've read your book, of course. And I would say I always recommend at least after surgery or when it's for healing and for athletes, which are very demanding, 1.5 to 2 grams per kilogram of body weight. So I would recommend in these sorts of scenarios, depends on chronic diseases or not. Uh, initially, I don't care if it's plant-based or if it's animal-based, but you have to know how you use all these things and healthy fats for your cell membranes, for your neurotransmitters, for your skin, of course, for your tissue and your gum. And then I'm very big on uh, carbohydrates. It's more like we time those. I would say you probably time them differently for athletes and probably they will need way more, like you said before, if they're doing basketball or a little more endurance stuff. Um, but it's probably... The timing, most patients I see don't need too many carbohydrates. Of course, I have a lot of athletes, they will and they do, but a lot of the chronic sick patients, maybe also cancer patients, I would probably actually go on a ketogenic or maybe more paleo-ish type of diet. Just go as ancestral as possible, leave out the processed stuff, and you're pretty good already. And Dominic, on that side of um, saliva, I mean, salivary IgA, obviously providing a huge immune protection and the salivary flow rate is obviously important for keeping yes. athletes immune status up and, and preventing, you know, infection. Can you talk a little bit about yeah, that role again? You've touched on it here, but that role of saliva in, in good oral health and some of the different functions it has on that immune side. 
Yes, yeah, saliva is very important, not just to remineralize the teeth, but this is, of course, one major effect. It also protects the tooth um, from the outside against bacteria, and it contains a whole immune system, like you already touched on with IgA. It contains mucins, proteases. It contains peptides, which are anti-inflammatory, but also anti-infectious. So it's very important, and the, the flow rate, so if you're getting a dry mouth, everybody knows if you're in fight and flight, you're in stress, you probably, like, an athlete knows this, if, he, he, if he's going into a battle, like, a competition mode, he will have dry, uh, dry mouth syndrome. That's just normal, because your sympathetic nervous system will block um, saliva production, because saliva is basically also there to help you digest foods. There are these um, enzymes, amylases, proteases, Basically, your whole food is already pre-digested. So if you're in a chronic stress state because you're overdoing it, for example, as an acid, you probably have a lower saliva rate, which also in, in secondary will affect the, teeth health, the tooth health because you're getting not enough minerals. You probably end up having a dry socket, a dry mouth, and maybe not as good um, gum health, maybe a little more gingivitis. And, of course, a poorer immune system then and this is basically then a sign of chronic stress. Does it make sense? Oh, absolutely. I think it's a, it's it's such an overlooked area, and I think that's one where you know we get a lot of dovetailing with a lot of the research around you know, salivary IgA flow rates and immunity. And I think that's a great opportunity for practitioners to start to be able to put some things into place to support that. And do you have any strategies to um, you know whether it's supporting you know saliva or bitters or, or or yeah. supplements that you go to in that sense? Yeah, bitters. <laughs> I wanted to mention bitters. Um, yes, actually, I'm a big fan of bitters and digestive enzymes. So digestive enzymes help a lot, and bitters. And if you have really have a problem with saliva production, xylitol, uh, chewing xylitol gum will actually help here. Xylitol is a birch sugar, mm -hmm. which actually um, is antibacterial in itself, too. So chewing the gum will help with the saliva production and the xylitol kills bacteria because bacteria think it's sugar, they will eat it, but they don't tolerate it, so they blow up. That's why a xylitol uh, gum is not a bad strategy in itself. Of course, drink fluids. The water is very important. So water is a foundational thing we didn't even touch on, but water, of course, you need to drink enough water to get enough fluids and water in itself. We could go down this rabbit hole, but... Make sure it's a clean source and does it, that it contains all the minerals. If you can, tap water isn't um, emphasized. I would basically, if I find something like artesian water is probably the best and it should come from a glass bottle. I'm having a, a filter system in my home and in my clinic and we remineralize the water with stuff like Quintone water. Maybe you've heard of this, Quintone, it's cute. Mm -hmm. And this is basically like, like our inside isotonic or even hypertonic um, status, that's something I would really recommend for athletes um, focusing on the mineral intake by adding stuff like this to their water, but also on a high uh, on a high quality magnesium supplement. And of course, supplement wise, I've developed. So I'm a big fan of food first, like I already said. But if I know that the diet and nutrition part is correct, I will of course check micronutrients. And the critical one is vitamin D3 status. So all my patients, because I'm doing big-time surgeries in a health optimization week, I'm all in one always, 
um, are prepared with high doses of vitamin D3. That's 20,000 IUs a day, which is around about 1.5 hours in the sunlight. And you cannot just give high doses of vitamin D3. So in the whole bone healing protocol, you have all cofactors, all the activated B vitamins. You have vitamin K2 as a critical cofactor. And magnesium is a big one as a cofactor because vitamin D3 is basically bringing calcium ions back. And you don't want to have these calcium uh, in your um, blood vessels. You want to have calcium then transported to the bone and the teeth. So basically teeth and bone regenerate themselves the same way. You need two enzymes that get activated, this osteocalcin and MGP, and vitamin K2 basically drives these um, enzymes kind of like a truck and brings the bricks, which are calcium, together with the co-pilot, which is magnesium, into the teeth and to the bone. Absolutely, Doc, and if we, I wanna respect your time here, so if we, if we shift gears to talking just aesthetics, you know, I, a lot of clients and athletes are big coffee lovers, myself included. Um, and so the conversation around even whitening of the teeth is, is a common one. Now, is this something where when people go to their dentist, is this a, you know, a, a fine practice to, to do whitening teeth or is there an alternative to that? Are there any negative repercussions? You know, what are your thoughts there? So I don't see any big problem. So it's fine to have a little bit of vanity and aesthetics. So everything I did started with aesthetics. Of course, we also have a clinic for health and aesthetics, and you can totally do a bleaching. I would recommend being prepared with your nutrition so that you don't have any lack because these um, whitenings, they tend to make your teeth a little bit more sensitive for two or three days because it's just they did dry out a little bit. So the better you prepare with minerals and amino acids and vitamin D3 and omega-3s for vitamin C, the less problems you have with these sorts of uh, procedures. And I think it's not a big deal. I would actually do this with a specialist and don't buy any whitening toothpaste or whitening strips or do DIY it at, at home because its potential downside is, for example, that they have too much of abrasives in the toothpaste and then you actually polish off the, the very best thing, which is your healthy enamel. So I would rather go to a specialist, do an in-office bleaching, or let do a splint for you, and you can have a splint at home and bleach home-wise for two weeks, and then you have your, then you have the color that you want, and you have the splint. You can do it again every three six months for a night or so, and you have your white teeth. And if you have generally just um, want to do a little bit of a whitening, so I think that's totally fine. I'm not a big fan of doing veneers and stuff um, without uh, considering function of the bite first. So aesthetics in, in terms of oral aesthetics, so basically every aesthetic follows function. The same goes for the mouse. So we didn't touch the bite. The bite is the forgotten interference field because basically the bite is the thermostate for your whole posture. And if you had a lot lots of dental work done or you're grinding and your teeth are a little bit worn down, and you're losing bite height. And if you then, and of course, your front teeth will get shorter, and that doesn't look so good. So a lot of people will then just place veneers on top, but then it won't work because um, that's party in the front, and um, <laughs> nice. in, in the back, it's, it's crap. So you, you have to look at the overall picture and rebuild the whole system. And also you can look, maybe you have crowded lower teeth like I have. I don't even care about this. I like the aesthetics if it's a little bit more individual, but I can see that people want to have like 
total straight teeth. And I would always first think about maybe doing orthodontics. There are nowadays splints available like the Invisalign concept where you just apply a little bit of a splint, of, uh, like a, a sequence of splints that have informations in them to where your teeth should be in the future. Mm-hmm. If you combine orthodontics with the full body approach, that means supplying the right nutrients again, macronutrients, micronutrients, and then go to an osteopath and do structural or manual labor work, a manual work, like for your fascia and stuff, at the same time while doing orthodontics, you are able to reduce orthodontics sometimes to three to six months, whereas normally lasting one to two years. So you just, again, stack these techniques together and help your body just yeah, build that stuff faster. And then if everything, if all these things, if, if you have done all these things and you need a little bit of a veneer because the one, two is just too crowded and you can work additionally, you could use non-prep veneers. This is something that highly skilled aesthetic doctors are able, dentists are able to do. That means you don't even drill the tooth. You just add something on top to it to make shape or uh, make the shape more nicely or evenly so first of all function and then you can work on aesthetics afterwards and but the basis of everything we do is health optimal health and this is why we always take focus on first things first that means if it's a house project we will first start with the basement which is removing the crap from your mouth that's been installed over the years like i said metals root canals cavitations Restore the bite, of course. And if this is all stable, of course, we will do perfect aesthetics. This is just something that goes hand in hand and has to come with it. But it's just a side effect of the whole concept. And health, aesthetics always follows health, I reckon. So I had to learn about overall health in my journey, starting by aesthetics. And yeah, that's why I learned all these things, getting me healthy. And if I think everybody out there is interested in optimal health and this, yeah, you have to start at least look into your mouth if something if you're chronically tired or just having inflammatory statuses, having insulin resistance. Also, you know, it's all correlated with chronic silent inflammation. And of course, if you if you're having problems there, check your mouth. Amazing, Doc. Well, listen, this has been fantastic. You know, oral health obviously an important element for human health, overall health, and as we've seen in some of this latest evidence-based research around athletes. You know, required to really optimize athletic performance. So appreciate you taking the time. Your book, you know, fantastic read. It's all in your mouth. Where can people pick up the book? Where can people stay connected with you and all your terrific research and work? Yeah, you can um, find me, of course, on our website. You probably put it on the show notes. It's mm-hmm. the aesthetics, and I'm having an Instagram where I put out a lot of content about functional medicine and, of course, the health start in your mouth concepts. I'm at Dr. D-R-D-O-M-E-1, Dr. Dom1, and I have a YouTube channel, Dr. Dominic Nischwitz, and basically if you Google this name, you will probably find a lot um, from a dental point of view for the experts in this field, but also I'm working on a lot of information about for the general population, and the book, which you have already mentioned, is called It's All in Your Mouth, and it's actually written for the layman, so that everybody is able to get this information and it's easily digestible but it's also good for the experts because not all dentists know all these things i've learned over the years 
Absolutely. Practitioners in other fields as well. So I appreciate you uh, putting that information out there. And again, thanks so much for taking the time today, Doc. Thank you very much, Mark, for having me. Had a blast. Thank you for listening to the Performance Nutrition Podcast. If you enjoyed the content, please subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcasting platform to show your support. Also, a special note, this summer, we'll be launching an online course centered around the work from my new book, Peak. So if you enjoyed the book and looking for a deeper dive into continuing education in performance nutrition, as well as continuing education units for strength coaches, dietitians, practitioners, then head over to athleteevolution.org. That's athleteevolution.org. And sign up to our pre-sale list and you'll be the first to hear about when we launch this exciting course. Lastly, if you have any questions or want to leave a comment on today's episode, be sure to reach out on social media at Dr. Bubs and fire away with those questions and comments. Thanks for listening, folks, and see you next time. The Dr. Bubs Performance Podcast endeavors to provide accurate and helpful information to listeners. These podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Dr. Bubs Performance Podcasts.